Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406-640-4444 today, or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, well, look who I found. He hasn't been in here for a minute. Excited to have him back. Snow is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. My great friend and colleague, Sean Rainey from SWX, here in studio with me. Uh, we Usually, you know, you haven't hung out with somebody in a certain capacity in a while. You say, when's the last time I saw you? And you can never remember. But we have a front desk gal now uh, who's worked here for eight months and uh, she'd only ever met Sean once, so that's how long it's been. It's been pretty much the uh, the grind of the sports season, usually football through basketball. This guy's pretty busy. I'm pretty busy, too. So uh, Sean's joined us, of course, throughout the uh, last several months, but he hasn't been in studio for a full show in a long time. So happy to have him here. We're going to talk all the way around the world of sports. First, Montana sports, what's going on uh, with everything that he's been covering, he's been up to. I'm going to talk some uh, Grizz basketball because the transfer portal heating up as it has for several years now, but it seems like it's uh, hit Montana harder than a lot of schools in the big sky. What's it all mean? We were also both down at Grizz football practice yesterday, so we will have uh, some reactions from that. Some of our storylines from Grizz football. Also got uh, a little bit of the uh, interview we had with head coach Bobby Houck, so we'll share a part of his meeting with the press yesterday. We're also going to continue to discuss 
my eternal question coming back from the NCAA tournament um, in San Diego, I was at the San Diego site, but after covering now several NCAA tournaments, we've seen so many Big Sky teams go to the NCAA tournament. It's not as if they're the worst team in the tournament, but they look like one of the worst teams in the tournament. Why? It's so weird. Like, I watched Montana State play Texas Tech and then Wright State play Arizona back-to-back. I mean, Wright State lost by like 21 points, but they looked like they could hang in the game. Montana State was never on the court, but that's not anything new. It's been sort of the norm the last 10 years, so we'll talk about that. And then, of course, baseball season. How about this? Major League Baseball opening day and the first day of the Masters is next Thursday. Pretty exciting for spring sports fans. Sean's been that, – that's the whole entry point of this whole thing. Randy says – I want to come on and do baseball. So you can come on and we can talk about all the sports, but you can definitely talk baseball. So we'll talk National League West and American League West today. Probably do a couple more division previews. Probably get shot on the phone sometime next week so we can get through all six divisions before opening day next week. But that'll be very fun. And then we're going to talk a continuation of my conversation the last couple days, some of the key storylines in the NBA because the NBA playoffs are a fast-approaching as well, and we'll also talk probably some NH, or excuse, NFL excuse me, free agency, too. Uh, one more reminder for later on this week. We will be in Bozeman tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting to you from the Montana State campus. Actually, you'll be doing it from the MSU Tennis Center, so that'll be fun. A lot of tennis coverage this week. Why? Because both Montana and Montana State are in the top 65, 66. They're in the national rankings, which is pretty cool. And both are undefeated in Big Sky Conference play as well. So we had a couple of Grizz tennis guys on yesterday. We'll be doing the show from the the Tennis Center uh, there in Bozeman tomorrow. And we'll also have Trey Morris, the head coach of Montana State, on the show tomorrow as well. So there you go. That's our show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, your official realtors from Grizz Athletics. Also, real estate experts when it comes to residential real estate here uh, in the Garden City and around Western Montana. We are, of course, broadcasting to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. It's the last day of March, but you can get special APRs all month long. Get a truckload of savings on the greatest selection of trucks, you can also visit nwmsrocks.com. What's up, dude? How you been living? I've been good. Yeah, this feels a little weird coming in. It has, right? been, it has been a minute. Um, I, I should turn the uh, the laptop sideways. I do have the ESPN oh, sticker got, there. Yeah, I know we got like so, dueling laptops. Yeah. He's also got a Zootown Sports Card sticker on there, which is a reminder, uh, this weekend, Saturday, they have their big uh, sports cards and collectibles show down at the uh, Doubletree. So that would be very fun and uh, need something to do. Those are always fun to go to. Yeah, no, I've been good. It's always this is always kind of the weird time um, of year for us local sports people yeah. because everything is a hundred miles an hour, hundred twenty sometimes. From Gosh. yeah, from Big Sky Conference tournament, state tournaments for basketball, NCAA tournament stuff, spring football, like all of it's kind of going on at the same time. And then when it ends, it's kind of a weird like okay, nothing's. Kind of, we're kind of I in know. between sports. It's I know. slowing I know. down. I know. It's a little bit different. Like, I know. You, we have track and like some softball and stuff, but it's just not really kind of the same and golf, you know, whatever. So it's just kind of a weird, weird transition. I know. On Mondays, I usually type out my whole, basically hour by hour of what I have to do throughout the whole week. I usually make the whole schedule for the week, basically so that Andrew and Jeff, our producer guys, know which, when I need the studio so we can sort of schedule who needs what for interviews and production and all that stuff. And this week, I didn't even make a schedule. I didn't even have a schedule this whole week. It's the first time in probably, I don't even know, seven months that we haven't yeah. done that. So it is nice to breathe a little bit. That's what we're going to kind of do here is 
uh, go around a lot of the different storylines that I've been uh, thinking of talking to Sean about and sort of saving uh, for this. Before we get into that, though, how's the fam? You doing good? Kiddos good? Yeah. Your your, your uh, boy, uh, I can't remember if it was the oldest or the youngest, but he his reaction to uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, getting yeah. hurt was, uh, it was, it was funny for us unattached observers. Very cute, but uh, also very authentic, and I'm sure uh, his old man probably feels the same way. Yeah, so we ha- I haven't been back to San Diego in... About nine years. Man, which, by the way, I um, went there for the first time, and I meant to text you. What a cool city. I loved it. Dude, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's really so nice. So we, we booked a trip. We're going to a Padres game when they, uh, the Mets are in town, so it's actually going to be a really good series, doing the whole thing. And my kids, well, they just – it's more they just watch – me watching Padres games. Sure. And they see Tatis and they think his hair is cool and he's For like sure. so flashy and cool How looking. How old are they now? Stuff. Like six and three? Is uh, that right? Seven and four. Seven yeah. and four. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so they were really excited to see Fernando Tatis. And then so when he got hurt, I was like, oh man, they were at school. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to take a video of me telling them that he's hurt and he probably won't be playing when we go down there. And they were very sad. And it was kind of funny. And I even, like, kind of I tagged, like, one of the, the local radio show in, in San Diego, and they responded to it with just, like, sad face emoji. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. Well, you know, you're, probably, you're still going to go to the game, though, right? Oh, yeah. I, so I've obviously seen Petco Park on TV a bunch of times. But when you actually walk, we walked down from where we were staying Walked down to the opera house there, walked you know around the bridges and stuff, and then back up through Petco. It's a super cool park in a super cool part of San Diego. Yeah, it's really cool because you can go kind of just you know in the gas lamp district and get some food beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, grab some drinks, go gas to the game, lamp, and then great. go back after. And yeah, it's a it's a cool and that stadium is just beautiful. I mean, it's awesome. The gas lamp is great too, by yeah. the way. I mean, what a, so we our main hangouts were um, I'm trying to remember the names, um, Barley Mash. You ever heard of that place? Well, see, so this like is a big sports. So this well, is like, funny. Everybody tells me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you, you don't know. I didn't spend a ton of time there when I was over twenty-one. Sure, right, because you came here yeah, for college. Yeah, and, I came here for college, yeah. and only you know we go back right? every now I and guess then. That's true. So, yeah. Okay, so my suggestions as a tourist for you: yeah. <laughs> if you find yourself in the gas lamp, uh, bootleggers was a good one, and barley mash was a good one. Both places yeah. with big TVs and you know good hot wings. We're definitely going to be doing the whole. You know, zoo, Legoland, so all of see, that I've kind of stuff. I've heard that the yeah. zoo is legit, legit. Well, the zoo, yeah, the zoo is really, really nice. So is like the safari park, which is mm. kind of a different. It's more of um, a little less touristy zoo, which is cool too. So gotta love it. Um, Nuwaz now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks for kicking it with us, Sean Rainey. From SWX Montana in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. If you want to listen to the show somewhere else besides radio and TV, you can always stream it, 1029ESPN.com. Just click on Listen Live. Or if you want to watch us on YouTube, you can do that as well. And also, if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Usually on Thursdays, we give you a six-pack of beer and a sandwich from Warren's Market, but this month... As you've noticed, we took most of our weekly giveaways and rolled them into these giant prize packages for our NCAA tournament winners. How's your bracket look? Dude, so bad. <laughs> Dude, I am I, so bad at brackets. I oh hate man, it. Oh I man. hate it. I hate it. And it's really annoying because I do a station one, and they're yeah, always like, yeah. oh, the sports guy's not See? doing so well. It's See? like, a, well, I never do well. This, this, this is frustrating. This is I like we can commiserate. Don't like it. We can commiserate on this together because um, – we watch a ton of college hoops. It's all big sky college hoops. Or then, you know, maybe you watch the Mountain West or the Pac-12. You watch the the games that are on really late in the evenings because that's we're always working. 
And so you don't really get to watch all these other teams and stuff. So I really am going into these brackets usually just pretty much blind. Yeah. Or I mean, like, like, how many big time college basketball games did you watch this year before the tournament? I mean, not a ton. I watched, you know, a few, but then, you know, you want to pick some upsets. You don't sure. want to just go chalk. And then I just always pick the wrong upset. And you want to, I also feel like I just overthink it too much. And I was oh, like, sure. well, I know everyone's going to pick Gonzaga, so I don't want to take them. I want to do somebody else. And then they end up, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't do well with things that I don't do well at. For and sure. I, well, it's it, so bad at brackets. It is, it is frustrating, too, because. And you go through this if you're a professional sports journalist because it's the same notion. Like you said, you, your office bracket and everybody is like, well, the sports guy is just going to win. It's the same thing with, like, fantasy football. All you can do is win every time, else everybody's just going to kill you for it, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like <laughs> – and I feel like if, if we could, like, redo it after the first weekend yeah. from Sweet 16 on, right. I feel like I, I'm a lot better at it once I get to see them in the tournament and, you know, make evaluations after that. But it's, yeah, before the tournament, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, um, let's talk um, a little bit about just the last couple months. You have been very busy. Anything that pops to your mind that is like the the, the best storyline or the best thing you cover? What's been like some of the things that you've enjoyed the most? Because you're always good at finding the good stories, and sometimes those things are just so fun to cover. Yeah, well, so... This was the first Big Sky Conference tournament that I haven't been at. For sure, we in, haven't even really long, talked about in a it. long time. Yeah, we missed yeah. you while you were there, man. Yeah, I you know I always usually go to that, um, but since I you know I traveled to Frisco for the national championship and mm-hmm. had been on the road, and my other guy he you know Zach Kaplan he works his butt off, so I was like oh, I'll let you go and you can sure. go do that, and I'll stay in Missoula since especially since they had the Class A state tournament. It was also a different thing too because this was the first time I could remember when all four of the state tournaments were the same weekend. Yeah, usually they stagger at least one if not two out like one weekend before yeah. or after. There it was kind of all hands on deck, especially for the TV station. Yeah, and I was like, there's a lot going on, so I could stay at the station, kind of anchor the shows, kind of man everything from here. And it's you know once you start having kids and stuff. Being gone for a week just makes it harder, and so oh, for sure, no question. Yeah, so it's like I'll stay back and enjoy some, you know, high school state tournament. And man, that was a uh, it, it certainly lived up to the hype. Butte Central with Dougie Peoples, um, I, I had covered them in the divisional tournament in Hamilton, kind of the week before. And this kid is just uh, really kind of hard to root against because he's for just sure. he's out there he's just like he looks so young he's so and kinda, childlike he looks kind of sure. a little goofy out there and just has this like big old smile and he can just get buckets and he just scores and uh so watching them throughout the tournament and then obviously i'm sure you've seen it or heard of it but he you know hit a buzzer beater to win a state tournament the walk off from uh you know from pretty far out and it was just uh it was a really cool moment, really cool, uh, you know, to to be there. And, yeah, I mean, that was that was incredible. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. Uh, another tease for what's coming up later on this uh, next week. You guys are doing the spring game, the Grizz football spring game, yep. right? Yep. So Good next week. Friday uh, on, on SWX, 6 o'clock, yep, right? Yeah, 6 o'clock down in Hamilton. And it's going to be, I mean, obviously the spring game, the, you know, the, the style of it is not like a regular game. It's just going to be kind of a running clock. We're going to be... Interviewing a bunch of guys, Coach Halk and some of the players that aren't playing in it, they're going to be just be you know swinging by, doing interviews, talking Grizz football, kind of as they're just kind of you know playing in the background because it's not really like a necessarily a you know play by play yeah sure. type of thing. And you know they are pretty kind of banged up, so I know a lot of the coaches are kind of just it's more of a, all right, let's just get through this and get healthy and sure. get to the summer and stuff. But it's going to be 
what it's kind of like spring training with baseball. Like, what is the the most exciting thing about spring training? Is you get to see all these like young prospects against you know good players or, or and players that you've never seen before. The young guys getting getting a chance, and that's kind of like what the spring game is going to be like. We're going to be seeing a lot of young guys in action, and it's to me that's really exciting because you're like, oh, you, you see some guys flash. You're like, oh. I'm going to, you know, remember that guy. For sure. And then, you know, maybe a year down the, down the road, you remember, oh, I remember he made, made some plays at the spring game, and then he ends up being a, a guy that breaks through in a year or so. We will be broadcasting pre-spring game here on Nuanas Now as well. So, actually, probably remind me. I'll, uh, I'll send an email out to people, see what we want to do, because you guys are probably going on a little bit before 6. Are you guys just going on right at 6? How's it working? I think probably close to 6. Okay, so then we can just run the show right up to there, because we'll be at Hamilton anyway. So, that'll be fun. Dude, we're gonna have to, we should go down in the morning. Hit up some golf. You know get I get some naps. You, you, or something. you yeah. know I already <laughs> was going to ask you this on the first commercial break. I literally was going to ask you first commercial break, dude. You want to go golf in Hamilton golf. Yes. and have some naps? Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. See, okay. look, at, we're already giving you free advertising. So Hamilton Golf Course and Naps Grill. When I call yeah. you next week, we expect uh, some returns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Now has been Radio SWX Montana Television. Our good friend Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, uh, in studio. Speaking of, though, I know you weren't in Boise, but you followed the action. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Because um, we, we've become accustomed to seeing Montana State women have success in the tournament. Trish Bedford's doing a really good job there, and they're always in the mix. But the Bobcat men have never really been contenders in the big sky since you and I have been working in Montana sports media. Uh, but they kind of just ran through the tournament. I know they got pressed in the semifinals pretty good by Weber State, but 22-point win in the championship game, pretty resounding by the Bobcat men. So what did you think of MSU just doubling up? Yeah, I mean it was it was impressive, and I think for the men, I mean they were just the most consistent team throughout the year, and so they were the only team in the league that wasn't inconsistent. Everybody exactly. else in the league was yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, at times. they were always solid. You know, they yep. never they never went through a stretch of where they really struggled, and I think a lot of that obviously is because they had so many seniors, so much experience on that team that had been there, big time experience, good done coaching that, too, yeah, and gone through it. And so I thought it was. I, I kind of like it when I feel like the the best deserving team wins it because sure. and and that's what in my mind happened they were the most consistent team all so, year so here's a, here's a stat you know I mean? though sometimes we don't remember things as well as we wish we did here's one for you the non number one seed has only won the Big Sky tournament one time since it went to a neutral site yeah no I I remember, the one seed basically wins it yeah mm-hmm. e- the Eastern Washington last year was the only non one seed to win it. And you don't even really remember that Eastern wasn't the one seed, right? Because it was, like, so weird that we were playing in front of nobody the whole the time. Women, the women's side's been a little bit more. No, the women's side has a lot of different. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Idaho was, Idaho was, like, the three the first year in Reno. Um, I mean, the one seed has lost in a bunch, you know, of, a bunch of times. Idaho yeah. State was the one seed this year. Montana State was the one seed the year with the half-court buzzer beater. Yep. You know, there was the year that they didn't get to go when Montana State probably would have gone as the one seed. So, yeah, no, it's been more rare on the – or I guess more uh, open on the women's side. And I feel like, though, we've seen it a lot where there's been that – the scare has been in that semifinal game. Right. And then, and then the team, the, you know, if the one seed is able to get away with right. that one, right. then they are able to roll kind of in the in the championship. Like the Grizz game. when they yeah. had that all-time classic against throwing the Colorado yes. – and then That's they, still one of the best games I've been at in person. Isn't that true? Ryan Tutel and I were Over talking. Over everything, yes. We were talking about that, like – when the game ends, we all three were like, that's one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah. And here we are now, though. It's cool when you, like, make that statement, and then here you are, what, six or seven years later, I guess it's probably six years later, and you're like, yeah, still still one of the best games it, I've yeah, ever seen. I think it's the craziest basketball game yeah. that I've been at. Just because 
just everything that happened. You had for sure crazy comebacks, missed shots, crazy dunks for like sure, just everything. Well, and that would have been. I think about that too. You know, of all of the teams we cover, whatever, like we follow and we want them to do well because it's just more fun to cover a better team. But you know, we don't really have a, a dog in the race. But that would that team was such a great team that that would have just been one. It would have been one of the most devastating, like yeah. for the grid for Grizz basketball. I mean, that could have like totally derailed so much of what yep. they've had going on for sure, hundred percent. Sean Rainey in studio, SWX Montana sports director here on Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Last question on the Boise thing. Um, neither of the Grizz teams looked very good. I thought the Lady Grizz actually did really well to sort of surge down the stretch to get the seed. You know, they had to beat a good Southern Utah team. They had to beat a good Montana State team. And then when they lost to Sac, or when they lost to Northern Colorado, excuse me, their backs were kind of against the wall to beat Sac State to get a seed. But then they went and laid an egg against Northern Arizona. They just looked completely hapless on offense. And the Grizz men... I mean, you do, you put the pencil to the paper, they lost eight out of their last 11 games. I mean, at one point, the Grizz were tied for first place in the Big Sky, and they just completely limped into the tournament and then just had a no-show against Weber State. Yeah, I had a feeling that the Grizz men were going to lose against Weber, for just sure. the way that they, you know, had been playing. And, you know, Mac, Mac going down with an Mac injury Anderson, certainly, yeah. you know, didn't help stuff because they were just so small that, you know, even when, and when he goes down, they just kind of struggled down the stretch. I also just, you know... It's hard not to correlate, you know, you see all these guys enter the, the transfer portal after, so it's hard not to speculate how people were feeling towards the end of the year. Maybe it was just kind of becoming a grind and they're kind of ready for it to be over. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's You, you can make assumptions, but... Um, I think that's one thing that people don't understand about college basketball that much, though. I'm glad you said that because it is a grind, but I think that the number one factor in guys like transferring or teams... Fizzling towards the end is they just don't want to be around each other anymore. They just don't. They're just. It's kind of just. They're just done playing that year. You know. They're just kind of tired of it. Yeah. It's all well. And I think just it's different with certain programs. Certain programs go a lot harder during the season than others. You know. Some take. You know. It's just like it's a philosophy thing. Like Coach Houck says, you don't get better playing football without playing football, and so he they go pretty hard at practice. So does that mean that you kind of get banged up as the season goes along i don't you know who knows does that mean though that you are more physical and you tackle better and blah blah, blah. you know that it's kind of that new age versus old age because i think right now we're in athletics in general i think we're leaning towards the just rest just rest just take it off just take it off yeah. you know like we're seeing that in the nba where we're seeing that for sure in other places as well a lot of times where it's like don't worry about pushing through this, pushing through that. So, I don't know. Um, I was disappointed in the Lady Grizz, though, because, you know, I felt like they just weren't – there wasn't a big sense of urgency, and they were just very careless with the basketball. Right. There were so many, like, just little passes that just seemed lackadaisical where it's like, come on, have some urgency. Like, this is a <laughs> this is a do-or-die game, and you're kind of just, you know, one-handed pass, just kind of lazy. That's a turnover, you know, things like that. And, I don't know, you have to – Maybe wonder, it's just when a lot of that core has, it's never gone well down there. So it's almost just like a mental thing of, man, here we here, we're in this place that has given us nightmares over the last few years. For sure, it might just be a mental mental thing to challenge. More Big Sky Conference talk, more uh, Grizz, Lady Grizz, Montana State men and women's chatter coming up a little later. But let's dive into some spring football quickly. 
We have uh, about, I don't know, six minutes worth of sound to share from Montana head coach Bobby Houck. And actually, so let's do that. Let's 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 play the sound, and then uh, we will talk about some of our reactions to it because I think you'll hear. <laughs> Shout had some questions about some certain spots. I had some questions about some certain spots, and that's uh, kind of the storylines we think are important right now as the Grizz spring football or Grizz football team, excuse me, winds down their spring schedule. Here's Montana head coach Bobby Houck. Assess the way that it's gone so far. Uh, I think spring ball's been good. I, I like our I like our guys. Um, a lot of young guys getting a lot of plays, which is productive. It's, as I mentioned, it's not always fun to watch, but it's productive. So it's been good. Anything that's kind of stood out to you? Uh, no, not really. We're just, you know, we're getting the work in. Um, we're not game planning each other. We're installing scheme. We're working fundamentals, uh, all the stuff we should be doing. From that perspective, how important is this time for young guys, and what do you think is maybe the the uh, most difficult part of this time of year when, when it's maybe their first or second spring ball? Well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's real difficult, other than a lot of them are getting the installation for the first time. So there's a lot of learning going on, and then you know today's team meeting was you need to take from the meeting to the practice field, and you know so the the thing that I think they, they struggle with the most is learning how to play fast you know take new things and do it fast rather than tiptoeing their way through so many of the fundamentals of football are, are as they always have been is there any like new fundamental techniques or anything like that that you guys have found or that you're teaching or anything uh, no not really i mean we always try to refine things i mean that's what we do but you know over my lifetime not, not a lot of it's changed a whole bunch um you know i think good blocking good tackling are what they are. I mean, holding's a little more legal than it's ever been, so we got to hold a little more than we used to, but um, other than that, I think it's pretty much what it is. From a blocking and tackling perspective, how do you manage it? Because I know that you like your guys to have contact, learn how to hit, learn how to get hit, but obviously you don't want to hurt each other during spring ball when it's just, you know, same versus same. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We don't seem to get uh, hurt much in, in games or live drills. It's all the things that we're doing should be safe, the one-on-one stuff, and, so I, I don't really have a good answer to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, as far as some of these young guys, anybody kind of standing out through spring ball? Some of these guys kind of, you know, catching your eye off? Um, I don't know. You know, it's kind of day-to-day. Most of the young guys, they'll have a good day, and then, then the next day they won't be very good. So it's, you get high on them, then you're down on them. That's, that's the nature of spring ball or offense, defense. Um, but, you know, everybody's had their had their time where they – have uh, have done all right, and, and I hope that will spring us into the fall. Offensive line-wise, you had two pretty experienced, well, real one really experienced tackle, and then one guy who's a two-year starter. So what's the biggest challenge when you're trying to replace guys that do have so many snaps under their belts, especially at that tackle spot? Well, we're, we're young. We're very youthful there with not much experience, but we're really athletic. And uh, I think athletic players that know what they're doing have a real chance up front and, and you know we're we're kind of work in progress but I like what I see. Well Brandon Casey he showed some flashes last year when he did get kind of thrown in there and I know he was a big time recruit too so how essential is this time for a guy like him? Well he hasn't disappointed that's for sure um, again those guys they have to work together it, it's, it's a five man deal or six with the tight end 
and it's never one guy blocking one guy. It's they they work together. They have to know where they're supported and where they're not. And you know, Brandon and and the rest of those guys that haven't played a lot, they have to learn those things. Having a guy that does have some experience at center, does that kind of help stabilize the, the offensive line unit? Well, I think it does. I think some leadership and and some knowledge, experience there really helps. I mean, it's a hard position to have somebody that hasn't played much, and, and uh, you know, it's not just conducive to the center spot, but but having a guy that can have some experience there helps. It seems like with the way the defenses have diversified, it's so complicated depending on what front you're going to get and stuff. So how is that position diversified then? Because it seems like a lot of times they're making a lot of the calls. Well, it's week to week um, on what you're going to see. Some of it's more complex. Some of it's very simple and sound. Uh, And, you know, I think we have to, as coaches, have to simplify it for them. You know, if we try to make it split in the atom, then that's what it's going to be to them. So we try to simplify it for them, and once we do that, they seem to be able to play faster. What have you seen at the defensive end position in spring? Uh, played a lot of different guys. Um, had some injury there, some nagging stuff. So it's been uh, different guys every day throughout spring. That's probably good long-term because a lot of guys are getting a lot of, a lot of snaps with the first group. Um, you know, we lost two pretty good players there. We have to replace them, but that's college football. What about um, with Husted in particular and just what you saw in him fitting into that, that role and what you've seen from him this spring? Well, he's new to it, so there's there's a little bit of that. Um, he, he's both new to the – Garrett's new to the position and he's new to the defense here. So there's a lot of learning going on, but uh, I would say uh, – Early observations are real favorable with him. When you talked about, you know, COVID and, and how hard it was on the mentality of these guys and not having it here and not having football, for a guy like Marcus Knight, who's been out for a while and been battling through injuries and stuff, what have you seen from him just being able to be back out here, put the, you know, be with his guys and, and just being, you know, part of the team more? Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's a – I think anytime guys come off a significant injury, there's a relief when they, for them when they can get back out there. And then – you know they they like they like football they love it they love being there with their teammates and all that so um, there's a smile on people's faces uh, but our guys are mentally tough they overcome things pretty well and Marcus is one of those the addition of Roger Cooper uh, what led to that and then what have you thought of just his addition to your staff well Roger's a quality guy and a good football coach I've I mean, I've known him since he's a senior in high school and always kind of thought a lot of him. And, uh, you know, he just he's a good fit both to, uh, with our what we want to do and, and uh, as a person. He doesn't have to learn the league because he's been in the league for most of the last 20 years. So how much does that help? Well, he's got a pretty good book on everybody, <laughs> yeah. so that helps, yeah. you know. It's, it's nice to have somebody that uh, game-planned everybody in the conference, on your staff, a little different perspective because, you know, we're all in the same room together. We don't have as much outside view. So to, to bring, have a, a, a guy come in that's got a little different viewpoint helps. So you go, Bobby Houck, Montana head coach, here on Nuanas Now. Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, And we'll give you some of our... Spring football storylines, you probably got a little gist. I was asking offensive line. Sean was asking defensive line, defensive ends. We'll give you quick hitters about the Grizz football team so far through spring ball and some of the 
spots we'll be watching the next two weeks and then leading up to next week's spring game. Nuana is now from Hamilton 4-6, to six, and then the spring game here on SWX Montana Television starting at 6 p.m. More Grizz football after this. Nuana is now ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana, a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. in Missoula Sports Center. A trio of standout performances highlighted the Al Manuel Invitational in Missoula last weekend, getting collegiate outdoor track and field kicked off around the Treasure State. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. At Dornblazer Field in Missoula, Grizz sophomore javelin thrower Evan Todd popped the throw of his life. He hucked the jab 229 feet 2 inches, breaking his personal best by more than 10 feet. Kalispell native's throw ranks first in the Big Sky Conference and fifth in the NCAA West Regional. The mark would have won last year's Big Sky Outdoor Championship, and he was just 3 feet from Jensen Lilquist's Montana program record. Last season, Todd finished fourth in the Big Sky, qualified for the NCAA Regionals during his rookie outdoor season with the Grizz. Todd earned Big Sky Conference Men's Field Athlete of the Week on Monday for his performance. The Men's and Women's Track Athletes of the Week from the Big Sky went to a pair of Montana State standouts for their excellent afternoons at the Al Manuel in Missoula as well. Elena Carter, a junior sprinter and hurdler, ran 13.66 seconds in the 100-meter hurdles, second fastest time at MSU ever. She also ran a personal best in the 200, ran a leg on the winning 4 by 100 meter relay team and long jump a personal best 19 feet 6.25 inches schneider took home first place in the 200 and 400 meters respectively running times of 21.31 seconds and 46.63 seconds earned the weekly big sky award for the second time in his career this 102.9 espn missoula sports center is brought to you by aspen sound If uh, you're looking for a alternative caffeine option, if you're wondering what this funky-looking crazy can I'm drinking, this is Runa, and uh, it's Guarasa leaf is what the caffeine is derived from. As a caffeine connoisseur, this is certainly my favorite type of caffeine. Nuance now, ESPN Radio, a little Kanye for you here on your Thursday. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're enjoying the uh, arrival of spring, although it was a little windy and a little chilly today, and it's supposed to get even colder tonight. Maybe have a little 20% chance of snow, I heard the Jack FM weather guy say uh, earlier this afternoon. So uh, either way, spring is certainly creeping here. It's trying to break through, trying to be in the uh, the current rather than just on the horizon. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television here in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. 
We're going to talk about my age-old question of the Big Sky Conference. Uh, not really age-old, but decade-old question. Trying to be competitive in the NCAA tournament. But first, we got to, kind of got rambling and catching up during the first segment. So we played our Bobby Houck sound from yesterday, Montana head football coach. But we didn't really get to analyze the Grizz in terms of spring football. So I know you've been down there a couple times, Sean, and I know you've been uh, keeping up with it, obviously, because you guys are broadcasting the spring game. Next Friday, Hamilton, 6 p.m., is when the Grizz spring football game is, Hamilton High School. So we'll have Nuanas now from Hamilton, 4 to 6 to, uh, next Friday. And then uh, Sean and uh, Riley Corcoran and Grady Bennett on the calls. Do I got that one right? I believe so. Yeah, cool. So yeah. those guys will have the game for you. So that'd be fun. Uh, but just you were asking about defensive ends in this one, but obviously the, the quarterback is the storyline as well with Cam Humphrey graduating and Robbie Patterson moving on. Uh, so basically it's a, yeah, I don't know, what do you want to call it, a three-guy race between Lucas Johnson and, and Chris Brown and, and Daniel Britt. Johnson obviously from San Diego State and Britt, the kid who redshirted last year, and then Chris Brown who started for about a month a year ago. And I was asked about offensive line because I actually think that's their biggest concern for the Grizz is even if you don't think that the guys that they're losing were super elite, they still were much more veteran than what they got coming back. Uh, but, what, I mean, what do you think? What do you think of just some of the primary uh, question marks right now for in spring football for the Grizz? I think my my biggest question mark just overall with the, the program moving forward is I think, obviously, Coach Houck has this has a, a base of where this, this program is at, right? Sure. And in order to break through into truly competing for national champions, winning the Big Sky Conference, to me it comes down to it, to me it's pretty simple. I think you just need to have more dudes. That's right. Just more dudes. I've always thought, and this. especially on the offensive side, you, you know, because like, I think you have to. Have, I've always said this. I think you have to have between eight and ten first team All Conference caliber players on your team to be a Big Sky Conference yeah. championship and, level and I, team. And I think that they're always going to have it defensively. You know, I'm not. That's not really what I'm for sure worried about. So to me, it's who are going to be the three or four yep. or five dudes, yep, or people that become dudes on offense that you can rely on to make plays for you. And obviously you would like that to be at one of them to be at the quarterback position. Right. If possible. Um, and even if that guy isn't a dude, at least a guy that can that can go and make a play for you right. when you need it. Right. And then, you know, obviously you need with like one at one at running back, one yep. a couple at as pass catchers, and then some and then a dude or two on the line. So let's be fun. Let's do this real quick yeah. then. As far as the guys they got. Well, let's go through it. Uh Guys that are affirmative for sure, absolutely dudes on the Grizz right now. Patrick O'Connell, senior edge. He's definitely, definitely yeah. one of the best players in the country. We were just talking off here. Alex Gubner, inside guy on the defensive line. Yeah. He's got full first team all conference potential if yep. he could fulfill yep. it, right? Justin Ford, a returning all American at absolutely. corner for sure. Robbie Houck, yep. a returning all American at safety. Uh, and we're talking for sure guys as of right now. Marcus Knight, even though he's coming off an injury, probably one, yep. right? Yep. Um, Cole Grossman, I think, for sure, uh, just, just in terms of his overall upside, right? Malik Flowers is a, as a returner, for sure. As a returner. I, th- I think Gabe Solser as a part returner if he's healthy, and maybe he's one of the guys that's like a, a maybe on offense, right? Mm-hmm. And are we ready to put Junior Bergen in there? I think Junior Bergen is like, he's on the borderline for sure. He's really talented. Yeah, I wouldn't say yet, but... Obviously, well, he has the like, obviously if Junior Bergen maximizes his potential. Yeah. That is first team all conference level potential, exactly. right? Yeah, like I'd be surprised if he's not 
a first team all conference guy when he's an upper class. So that's eight. That's yeah. eight. That's eight. That's a pretty good start. And then yeah. and then you hope that you know one of the other guys like a Nash Fouch or you know uh, a Garrett Graves or. Um, a Marcus Wellnell, like if those guys yeah. can become like that all-American caliber guy, then you have a couple more dudes. So the Grizz are they're close, but I think that they do have some definitive gaps. And to me, like we were just talking about off air, we just named a whole bunch of guys, right? What did none of those guys play? Offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's where you can make. I mean, when I watched North Dakota State, who are the three dudes that I saw North Dakota State have? Their top three dudes. Beyond their receiver, Christian Watson is going to get drafted, and they, you know they had some great linebackers. No, it was their three offensive linemen, their right guard, and their two tackles were the dudes on the field. And I think if the Grizz could get something like that, that would help them so much. Well, it is a little bit. It's a little odd. Like, how would you describe how the Grizz got to this position? Because obviously, when Coach Halk mm. took over, it's a great discussion. When the grit, when Bobby Houck took over, yeah. the whole discussion was building the offensive line. For sure, right? But let's 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 take a pause though, because the Grizz have not had a first team all conference offensive lineman since 2011, and the last guy that was a first team all conference offensive lineman for the Grizz, Danny Kissler, was not even recruited by Robin Flugrad, who was the coach in 2011. It was Bobby Houck. Cook would have been if he didn't get hurt. Dylan Cook. Yeah, you think, think he would have been first team all league? Well, or A team on A team. Well, no, I think yeah, that guy's yeah. on A team. But for him, sure. and, him and Beaver I mean, were Con, good. No, Con were Le- very good. Colin Beaver was a second team all league guy. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. But I'm talking like to be where you need to be though. Like the Grizz used to have two or three first team all conference yeah. offensive linemen. They've had no first team all conference line, all conference offensive linemen in ten years. Yeah. So this is a this is a this isn't a, just a blame Bob Stitt problem. This was a problem since Bobby Halk left the first time, and that was 13 years ago now. But I guess like the position that I I'm just kind of. How did we get to the the position of because when when Coach Howe well, came in, they, you you build it up right, yeah. and then I thought it would be kind of more of a they would have the freshmen and sophomores that would graduate into you know to becoming upperclassmen, and then when they're juniors and they take over, and I, I just I guess I felt like they'd be more in a yeah um uh, a constant. We're just going to replace these guys yep. as we go along because it's yep. been three, four years and we've built it up yep. to this point. It seems yep. like they're like completely having to reload. Well, they're probably going to start a couple freshmen at tackle. Yeah. So and another freshman at guard. I mean, right now the the front runners, Brandon Casey's the front runner as a redshirt freshman to start at left tackle. Colin Drees is a front runner to start at right tackle. He's a redshirt freshman, and Liam Brown, a redshirt freshman, is a front runner to start at guard. Yeah. I don't really even know who is the other guard besides AJ Forbes is center. Who's going to be the other guard? I don't know, and I know that they... Kevin Good is a guy that Chad Gerber mentioned you yesterday. Can't, yeah, and I know you can't, you know, um, account for, you know, guys just kind of retiring early or, you know, wanting to leave or, you know, things like that. Um, that they've had a couple of those that, you know, kind of changed the plan a little bit. But, yeah, it is a little bit surprising to me that they're they're in a position where they don't have well, some juniors and seniors. I, I do think there's I do think there's a couple things that contribute to it. In terms of what's going on right now, I agree. I don't know how they're in the position where year 4 you're now still starting redshirt freshmen. Shouldn't you have some redshirt sophomores or juniors yeah. Yeah. that are available? I don't really know. Maybe it's cuz the recruiting's gone up a notch and those guys are just more talented, but it st- still seems very atypical of a Bobby Hawk team. It just seems to, like there's a big gap there. For sure. I you mean, yeah. there, there's a real situation here where they're going to start four freshmen on the offensive line. That's pretty crazy. Like I don't really ever think that Montana's done that ever, mm-hmm. especially under a Bobby Hawk team. I think the number one factor though and broadly in this conversation, why has it been 10 plus years? 
without first-team all-league offensive linemen is because I think the state of Montana stopped producing elite yeah. offensive linemen. I mean, you look at all the great teams from, like, in 2001. I mean, there's the legendary picture of Chad Germer in his first of three stints at Montana with the offensive line. And almost every guy in the picture is, an, is a Montana guy, and all five of their starters were Montana guys, and they were all first-team all-league caliber guys from Montana. Thatcher Slay and John Skinner and guys like that just aren't coming out of Montana anymore. And if sometimes they do, they're Dylan Rollins and they go to FBS. Or like there's the kid right now at Billings West. I can't remember his name, but he's a junior right now. He's got an offer from Baylor. Like those kids are just getting out of state right now. But I also, I, I don't know. I think there's so many different things that go into it. It's very interesting because you can't really make this argument across the board because Montana State has been very good on the offensive line for basically the whole last 10 years. And they've always had a couple Montana guys yeah. on their offensive line. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe some of the best Montana guys are just going to Montana State instead of Montana. Who knows? Yeah. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. John Rainey in studio. What else is new? We uh, went off script and uh, blew through that whole thing. So, so we're going to talk more Big Sky Conference right after this, and we'll get to the baseball previews uh, in hour number two. But keep it right here. I got to ask Sean because I've asked a lot of different contributors around here about this. But I got to get his opinion. Why does the Big Sky Conference representative in the NCAA tournament so often look like they don't belong? We'll get his thoughts right after this. Keep it right here at ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. One, two, three. Ron is now on ESPN Radio. Anything, Sean has no idea who's singing this song. Nope. <laughs> my favorite part of having my good friend Sean Randy <laughs> in studio, he knows all the things about the sports, none of the things about all the music. <laughs> it's also one of the best parts about playing golf with this guy because you can go on a six hour road trip across Montana to go play golf. He won't listen to music for one second, just conversation the whole time. It's great. We actually drove back from Boise this year with no music. Yeah. Just talking, talking it out. Well, actually, me and Andrew were mostly snoring it out. My brother was mostly just crushing the drive. Yeah. But, you know, had to get home. Yeah, that. Kids. And when I'm by myself, just podcast it up. Yeah, that's I true. That's yeah. true. Oh, I'm a podcast guy yeah. for sure. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Has your loved one been injured in an accident that wasn't their fault, and now you're taking care of them and trying to figure out how to juggle it all? The advocates can help. You have enough going on that the advocates handle the insurance company, the adjusters, the debt collectors, all that stuff, so you can focus on your loved one. If you need help with a loved one who's been in an accident, call the advocates today, 
888-900-4444. Six-pack and a sandwich from Warden's Market will be back next week. We have rolled all of our awesome weekly giveaways into our awesome prize packages, which by Monday we'll have an announcement for who won our bracket challenge. I guess it'll be by Tuesday because the NCAA Tournament uh, Men's Basketball Championship game is on Monday night. So Tuesday we'll have a winner of our bracket challenge plus our second chance challenge as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Hour number two, we're also going to talk NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Sean Rainey's got a lot he's itching on when it comes to the AL West and the NL West today, so we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask, my uh, my question of the month is basically what it's been. Okay. You know, you and I have, uh, you know, we've seen Grizz teams with guys like Anthony Johnson and Will Cherry and Ahmad Rory and Mike Ogine and Kareem Jamar and, like, all these guys that are some of the great players in school history, and we've seen those guys go to the NCAA tournament and really, with the exception of, like, the first five to six minutes against Michigan, the first of the two times the Grizz played them. But other than that, not much zest. And there's been certain games where it's been sort of an embarrassment, like when the Grizz played Syracuse. We've also seen now Montana State go to the NCAA tournament and get absolutely drilled by Texas Tech, a 37-point loss for the Bobcats this year. And we've seen Weber go and not really compete. Eastern Washington, the two times they've been, have actually been okay and a North Dakota team that was the, their one and only appearance when they were a 16 seed, they scored 82 against Arizona. They ended just they just gave up 100. <laughs> but but that that team though kind of looked like they belonged a little bit on the big stage. So often though the 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 Big Sky representative doesn't look like they belong on the stage of the NCAA tournament. Yet it's hard for me to believe that they're just the worst team in the field. So why is it? Why do they always look so, not always, but more often than not, since the Grizz won that NCAA tournament game in 2006, the Big Sky representative in men's basketball has just looked like not, they don't belong in the same gym. I'm going to answer your question by throwing another question at you. Okay. What would you say, just what is an, an, an equivalent basketball conference to the Big Sky? I would say that the the best litmus test another mid major. I would say the best litmus tests for the the Big Sky are the Summit League and the Missouri Valley League. Okay, and I think that that's why I always am perplexed by this because we've seen North Dakota State win a game in the tournament, South Dakota State win multiple games in the tournament. You know, Wichita State's a, a different example because they had some such good success. They got a little bit bigger budget, but I mean Loyola Chicago, like that's a bad example too because it's in a metropolitan area. But when you're talking about like what league is St. Peter's in? Well, they're in the the uh, the Northeastern Conference. No, they're in the the MAC, the Double A MAC, the okay. M A A C. Because I'm just, I guess, I'm Is curious. Right? No, maybe they're in the NIAC, the Northeastern I'm not very good with conference. I think they're in the NIAC. There. So I'm. So my question would be, since let's just say since the you know Montana beat Nevada. Yep. From from then on. Yep. yep. What is how many games have these other conferences won in the tournament as well? You know, because well, the, the Big Sky has is the only school in the in the, the Big Sky is the only conference in the country that has not won a, an NCAA tournament game since 2006. It's the longest streak of all 32 okay. conferences. Part of that comes with the caveat: there's been a couple schools that have won the the play-in 16 seed game. No, nah, that doesn't count, right? Yeah. So I think if you added those schools, I think there's like four conferences that haven't won a game. Because yeah. I don't, I don't, I think if you just Look at it, and you even go farther back than Nevada, and, yeah. you, and you count that win. Sure, I would imagine that it's not as drastic of a of a losing right. as you think. It's it's not it's not about the margin of victory though. It's like 
even the, I watched Wright State play Arizona right after I watched Montana State play San Diego or play Texas Tech, excuse me, in San Diego. And Wright State lost by 22 points, but they were like, yeah, running, but that's because they were they were running their actions like efficiently into getting shots, and like there was moments where the crowd was cheering for them and stuff. The Bobcats, it was over, over, over eight minutes in the game. But that's because I, I think it's I think it's one. I think luck. I think you just have to get a, a good matchup, and yeah. two, I think that the the big sky in general doesn't well one is doesn't have um, a lot of quality bigs in the in the history of the conference, especially lately. Yeah, and so you really are just don't match up physically with some of these teams, especially when you're playing teams like a Texas Tech or right. like a Michigan, you know, things like that. So I I think that. That hurts, and I think the style of play, like Wright State, some of these other teams, they're kind of more, you know, up and down, run and gun, right, get all over the place. And like in Arizona, like when you're playing Arizona, like Arizona's like fine with like letting you do that sure, in a sixteen-one sure. game sure. kind of thing, and sure. you can get some stuff sure. done. Sure, like some of the Montana teams, for instance. Well, one, I think Montana just got screwed playing Michigan twice for sure. I mean, they lose by what fourteen, right? To the team that went to the well, so, national championship game. So, so this this is why, though, I think I, I think that there's a real um, I think there's a real economic element to this, though. Mont- Montana, Montana State, Weber State are three of the best contenders to win the Big Sky. The Bobcats probably are on the outside looking in, but they just won the Big Sky this year, so we'll include them. Yeah. But Montana and Weber State for sure. But because they have great fan bases, they have to schedule home games in the non-conference. And you're not going to get quality teams to come play you in the non-conference. So then, therefore, your non-conference schedule, you're either going to play a whole bunch of money games like Montana sometimes does, or you're going to try to get 17 home games like the Grizz did this year and get the Southern Misses of the world to come in. But that does nothing for your NCAA tournament resume. And so then, when you're the Grizz of, like you said, they got screwed with the seed with Michigan. Well, if that team wins a Power 5 game and or they can actually play a better non-conference schedule. That team probably gets a 12 seed instead of a 14 or a 15 seed. And then the draw is way better. Yeah, but also Michigan was under-seeded that year. The, uh, well, weren't they a 2? A 3? The first year, it was 3-14, in the back-to-back years, I think. Yeah, the first one, they were a 3 when they right. went to the Natty. Yeah. But, like, that team went to the National Championship. Like, that no, team was absolutely. really, really they, good. They were, they were under-seeded, but also that Grizz team was grossly under-seeded. Yeah. I mean, that, that team was the definition of a 12 seed. I couldn't believe when they didn't get a 12. I mean, they won 26 games. But that, I mean, that team, if they just had gotten a, a different draw, I think, is a For team sure. that could have won a couple games. Right. Okay, so then why is the, the, the big sky always gets such a bad draw? I mean, the, the one yeah. the, and the, since the Nevada game, the only time the Big Sky champion has got a good draw was that year that Wayne Tinkles Grizz got New Mexico, and they they only lost by three. Yeah, and if, but it's totally and if Anthony different. Johnson doesn't have a terrible game right. coming off of his best game ever, then they they would have won that. They would have won it, right? Totally. And so, but that's the thing is, part of the draw comes from the the conference and also just like the way that these teams have to schedule, because. If you're playing Syracuse or Michigan or Texas Tech or Arizona, you're never winning. Yeah. You're not winning. Well, you can beat New Mexico and Nevada and, and Providence and whatever. You're never beating Syracuse. Well, and like you said in the non-conference, it's not like they're, they're getting to play the bottom of the Pac-12 when they schedule a lot exactly. of these games. Like exactly. they're playing the upper team, so For you're sure. going to most likely lose. Yep. It's not going to help your you know For scenario. Sure. Like sure. it's not very often, you know, where like the Grizz got to play 
what was it like? You know, Pitt and Penn State, and you can right. almost you can you know right. knock maybe knock one of those sure. teams off. Right. A lot of the times, like if you're playing those money games, it's against the best team. What do you think about this? I think that the when it specifically comes to the Grizz, I think the Grizz' biggest problem has been that they they've never been able to harness an underdog mentality because they have sort of the champions mentality. It's us taking everybody's best shot for the whole duration of the conference season. They're the big dog. They have a hard time becoming sort of the underdog. I th- I think the the style in which Coach Jakir likes to play just right. isn't suited for the NCAA tournament all that well because they like to. Because it's a Power Five style. Yeah, and they like to like you know pressure you, play hard defense. Um, you know, it's just never get, gonna, get shots yeah. at the rim. Like not a lot of threes. And even if you compete really hard against Michigan, you're just, just going to lose by twelve or fourteen, like they did, because they're just going to grind you into dust. Yeah, and because they couldn't get to the rim in the second half. Right. And if unless you have a bunch of dudes that can just rain. And it's more like I just find it fascinating though. The Bobcats went through the same thing though. Like they they don't play they play a way more conducive style to maybe doing it, and they still got ran out of the gym. Well, you're going against guards that are six five playing the point, and Xavier Bishop looked so small out oh, there. Oh, oh, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, it was just oh. like they we, couldn't. We were sitting courtside. I was like, I looked at Riley Corker, and he, I was like. Bishop's giving up one foot and one hundred well, pounds to this. Yeah, guy. which I don't. I don't think people really understand. Like they were struggling just to pass the basketball. Oh no, they they you know? they got ran off the court for the first fifteen minutes of that game. Yeah, it was just a terrible matchup. You know, so terrible. It's just, and that's just how it is. But like Eastern, Eastern had good bigs, and they competed with Kansas yeah. again. They don't if they don't play Kansas, and they play somebody else, like they probably win. Totally. So it's just it's a it's a seeding issue. Which is also, I guess, comes back to the the, the Big Sky. I guess, like, yep. do, does the committee not view the Big Sky as that good of a conference? You know, um, and, and it's going to take a team like like you mentioned to win a bunch of games in the non conference. So I don't know. It's very interesting. I also think that the Big Sky perennially sends their best team, but that doesn't necessarily mean they send their best player. And I think that's a really interesting part of the dynamic. In other words. The Damian Lillards and the Tyler Halls and the Harold Frays and the Andre Spites and some of the guys that could have actually, like, just got hot and shot you, you know, just just score 35 and just get you in the second round, like Dougie Ebert did this year for St. Peter's, you know. Like, that guy from the big sky a lot of times hasn't made it to the tournament because it's been, like, the teams like Montana and Weber and Eastern that have more balance. Tanner Groves almost, almost did it last year. He almost was the guy. But it's been, you know, since... Kevin Criswell with the Grizz back in 2006 that a guy actually like, had the team on the brink. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I just keep asking everybody this because I'm just so baffled. Well, by I it. think you also just kind of need almost like a like a helter-skelter style that just right. throws off these other teams and you're just doing it in a different, unorthodox way. Like, that's what, like, uh, what's the team where um, O'Banner was on last year? Uh, and that – Oral Roberts. Right. Yeah. So they had O'Banner and that point guard. Yeah. And they were just running all sorts of crazy stuff. Right. And just hitting shots and doing. And it was just kind of. It was just different. Where yeah. these teams just don't know. It's just not. You know what they see week to week. How about some baseball? Yeah. Some basketball and some football. Hour number two. Nuanas now coming at you. Keep it right here. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, riding with me, Coulter Nuanas, CSPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 